I'm over here now. I was over there. Now I'm over here. Sure. I'll bring all my shoes and my, my glasses with me. So I have them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with the OGs on the block to see the terror Eating pasta, primavera, feeding caca, be together People never know the wild shit we might say Grew up on Eddie Murphy, Jerky Boys, and Dice Play. I've been waking up nights, screaming Brooklyn Blast podcast Mama took my porn mags, jerkins, and a soft rags Easy when we talk about Mr. Ferrari Cause we go way back when we used to play Atari Sparked weed, taking shots like the Fratelli's RV Doing donuts in the parking lot at Arby's Car keys, now you can't leave, lock the door Please, Jimmy's on a mission. Time to start the intervention. Let's go. Episode 189 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. Uh, here with my guest, shit, for, former sound man from CBGB's, front man from Prong, did a little stint in ministry, Danzig, you know, from the uh, originally from the Lower East Side, no, like the, the where the bands, you know, originated from and all that. My yeah, man, really Tommy Victor. Yeah, Tommy Victor, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Nah, man. Thank you for your time, brother. I appreciate it. I know you have your hands full, so and I know time is limited, but I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. How sure. you been? Oh, I've been fantastic. I mean, uh, I mean, I might as well get into that. It's like, yeah, I mean, we, you know, it's just been like, it's almost a blessing uh, with the pandemic for me because. Uh, wow, that's actually a rare thing to hear, but I, I all right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it, I was getting to the point where I was just uh, feeling like I needed a break. And now that like this happened, but now I was just, uh, I, I picked up a guitar for the first time today in like, I don't know, dude, like six months. Really? Yeah. Because uh, so Zing, who's uh, the bass player in Danzig. He's got this band called Black Set 29, and they got a, a record deal through Cleopatra. And then they're, they're putting out a single, and he wanted me to play guitar on it. So I was like, oh, my God, like my Pro Tools skills and everything are just gone. Like, so right. I, I was like, it's, I told my wife, I said, I got to get up early and get the laptop going and get my interface rolling and get a guitar and, and start working on this thing. And it, actually, I, it came back a little bit. I mean, Couple of things of course like, it does, man. You got muscle yeah. memory. You've been doing this shit for 30 fucking 35 years. I know. I mean, I could not, I was pretty happy about that. I mean, a lot of times I, when I was doing sound and all that stuff, I was completely loaded all the time, but back in the CB's days, but now. It comes, comes with the territory, man. I it was great back then. It was like, shit. We, uh, I look back on it and I'm like, you know what? I mean, like some guys, like so when I talk to guys that got sober like at twenty, I'm like, that sounds weird. Because yeah. we just, we raged so hard back then, so um, I forget a lot. But like, years go by, I remember bits and pieces. But as far as skills, like audio skills and stuff, but we didn't have digital technology back then. So I used to do all my recordings on two inch tape. We worked on, and I would edit tape and crazy stuff. Like I mean, we had a, a recording system like it was actually i did like the sheer tarot record we did it at cb's there and recorded live at cbgb's right yeah it's just no just can't hate enough she oh, yeah and then i uh, agnostic front live at cbgb's i i engineered that and one um, of my personal favorite live records ever you know norman dunn like mixed it i think and like he 
but I, I mean, I pretty much work with him on like doing it. We, we were just, cause there's so many people there and like uh, people were going crazy. We just kept our fingers crossed, but all the tracks came out. Like it was, uh, those, those days were great. Like I would run up there and hope the mics would work. And we just got <laughs> lucky, man. We got really lucky with that. And we, we did a lot of recordings there, but like, I mean, this is the first time I'd done anything in like six months. I mean, cause it's like, God, I mean, it's just been, um, I'm off, you know, like, but, yeah. I mean, uh, you, it felt you, good to play again. I'm what sure we were supposed sorry. to do because Glenn did this. He did this uh, uh, Danzig sings Elvis record. Yes, I know. And, um, <laughs> I worked on that. Okay. So we were supposed to do a bunch of gigs, like me and him, and like a piano player, and uh, like maybe a little drummer, and do all the the Elvis songs. And we had like a like like there was uh, there was Vegas shows a weekend. There was one in San Francisco. There was one and that two in LA. Um, he had a bunch of like shows lined up and I was working on that, like getting all those songs together again. And um, then like, you know, this shit happened and that got canceled. So I was like, you know, it was, I was kind of looking forward to doing it. Of course, man. I mean, I'm sure you have, I mean, like I said, you've been doing this shit for 35. I mean, Prom yeah. was established in 86. Right. And was, was there any bands before Prom? Oh yeah, man. No, I did it. I, I mean, I, I was, it's I love really the, embarrassing. I love all this old embarrassing shit. I love it. I mean, people could search it too. Like, uh, I did, a like a, about a year stint when I was 17 with this, I, I will just say they're called the fast and they were, it was, um, uh, a pretty popular band briefly. And, but like when I, I joined, I had no idea what I was getting into. And, um, you know, uh, the guys, Mickey and, and Paul Zone, Mickey died of AIDS, the guy, and then Armand died of AIDS. So you know where they led sexually. And then, then Paul right. still around. And um, I did that for a little bit. And then I was in this thing called Marilyn and the Movie Stars. Okay. And, um, there's a record out. And uh, I have to dig that up because I'm I, I'm not I'm not yeah. familiar with it. I got to. I know, it no, no, it's it's not anything to do with prong, believe me. And then <laughs> um, uh, I was in a band called uh, Radiant Boys, which turned into this other thing. And uh, but I, uh, I was playing bass back then. Like prong is the first band I play really played guitar in. Like, really? Was, yeah. Was, like, so I was playing bass and all this stuff, and then. Um, this band Radiant Boys, that sort of emerged into this thing called Metro Squad. And and then uh, I quit because I had so many problems with, with getting the, with, with lack of success in the bands on the Lower East Side. It was all down there. Yeah. Because I moved down there when I was like 17. And uh, rents were like ridiculously cheap. Like, of was, course, man. You can't you know, get a fucking one bedroom apartment down there for less than like four grand. Five that's grand unbelievable. It's ridiculous. I can't, I, I wouldn't do it, but I'll, I'll tell you how much our, my, my apartment was in 82. Uh, it was on, it was a duplex, two store place was the, I mean, it, there was a vermin and fucking infested building. Oh, yeah, there was. <laughs> it was horrible, that neighborhood. But it's like, uh, but um, it was between first and second on first Avenue. Wow. And it was $300 a month rent. For a That's duplex. Yeah. For a fucking duplex. Yep. 
dude, that's crazy. I know. It was My like they, they cell phone bill is more than that every month. I know. But then shortly after that, it went it, rent started skyrocketing, maybe around 86. Because the, I then I moved to Stanton and Rivington. No, Stanton Stanton between Bowery and Christie. Okay. And um Around the corner, my friends, they had a storefront. That's where the band Radiant Boys we rehearsed in a storefront in Rivington. And we had a storefront there all to ourselves. Then he started living in there, and the rent was $200 a month rent in wow. that place. Jesus. Back then. Like, and that was like 86. But our, my apartment was like 600 at that, and it started going on. Then at my first wedding, we lived, my first marriage, we lived on third, second street and B. And then it, it was starting to get high. Then I moved to Williamsburg. I was like one of the first guys to say, hey, you know, I off the L train. You yeah. know, I could get off of work from CB's, walk up to 14th Street, and then move to a somehow, it's not a bunch of junkies and maniacs, into a nice neighborhood in Williamsburg. Right, but Williamsburg, like was, Williamsburg wasn't like Williamsburg now, though. Williamsburg no. back then was fucked up. Well, down in Belfort, what I lived was was all... Italians. It was a Graham Avenue stop. Okay. So my landlord didn't even speak English. So it was that block was really nice. I lived on Power Street, and it was uh, the apartment was absolutely gorgeous, and it was like it was a nice. That block was nice. As soon as you walk to Metropolitan Avenue and past that towards the J Train, that area was like projects and it was crappy. But yeah. uh, no, I mean there was no hipsters, and there was uh, very few alternative people. In order for us to get the apartment. Like we had to dress conservatively. Like I went to a real estate agent. And she said, she, this guy is not going to put up with you if you like look like a weirdo. So wear a shirt, tie your hair back, look like you're decent people. Because he like not- got to look like a half a gentleman. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. My wife dressed all nice and everything. You know, they get it. Then when I, he hated us so much after when we finally, like I broke out the motorcycle jackets and, you know, like I had my hair down and. You know, the tattoos showed, then he was just like, oh, what is this? What are these people living in my building? <laughs> he hated us. So hey, listen, you duped them, but you had to you had to do what you had to do to get in there. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> but uh, that's what they feel back then. I mean, it was just crazy, man. It's like, but now I I mean, one of the reasons I wound up in California was because I couldn't afford New York anymore. That's crazy. When did you move out to Cali? Oh my god, like I got stuck out here. Um about 98, I officially moved out here. I was sort of like roaming around for a while. Like, um, I lived in Indianapolis briefly, and uh, it was like we started. I, then finally, about 98, I moved out here. So I've been out here a while. Okay. Um, so it's been a yeah. long time living in California. Okay. Now it's ridiculous. Now it's more. How's my internet connection? Is it lousy? It it just kind of just started to get a little bit messed up, but I mean it's it's it picked up. You froze for a second, but I was still able to. Yeah, that's weird. It's all right. This yeah, is it's gorilla, podcast. it's gorilla podcasting. Sometimes these happen. It's Zoom. All right. Yeah. Well, anyhow, um, I've been out here a while. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, since like '98, technically. Yeah. You've been yeah. Out of time. That's cool. So now I just want to ask, like, how did you, would you just walk into CB's one day and you just wanted to do sound? No, I knew people that worked. There. I knew Carol, who was the booking agent there, Carol Costa, and I actually played in her band for a while. Okay. And um, I was going to school at the Institute of Audio Research. So 
which was part of this, this NYU audio school they had. Uh-huh. And I don't even know if it's still open there, but it was, uh, and I needed an internship to finish the plant program. And um, uh, it was, I forget exactly, actually, because I used to hang out there and um, uh, Steve McAllister, who I knew, who was the bass player in Damage. Okay. And um, he he was like, oh, I, I, uh, we're actually looking for a sound guy here. You know, like, it's not even an internship. We'll, you know, we'll pay you. So we'll start you out, just throw you in doing audition nights. Nice. And that's what I just, I, I never looked back. I, I don't even think I went back to the school. Like, I went, I, I don't even have the diploma. Like, I just got there. They gave me a job. I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. But, um, you know, Hilly was always really cool. And everyone that worked there. You know, they put up with me and like I learned on the job. And yeah. then eventually I got doing the hardcore matinees and then I worked during the week. And then then I was like sort of the head guy there for a while. So, um, yeah. I mean, you were nice. so many friggin' hundreds of classic shows, like ridiculous. Yeah, there's like even the shows that Prong played. I mean, like we uh, I can't believe this. I hope somebody has this this website, like of all our old shows. And I didn't even remember half of them, but they have all the old CB's flyers and like, wow. the ad from the village voice. And like, I don't even remember half these shows. Like we played with, with anybody from like straight ahead to the crumb suckers, Ludacris, awesome. and they had metal lines with whiplash. And we played with war zone. We did so oh. many shows. And then the shows that I've seen, I mean, like I mixed everybody, you know, back. Yeah, man. Yeah, hey, I see prong. I see prong flyers like crazy. Prong and Biohazard with the with exactly. the bad Biohazard logo before yeah. it was like the real one, like at the pyramid and this and that. Yeah. And holy shit! And what's funny is I was at. I still have the. Well, I don't have the actual physical flyer, but I have it somewhere on my computer from the Lamore's last Thrash Bash. You guys were supposed to play that, or at least you were on a version of the flyer. But you guys. Yeah. Never- no. Yeah. There was a bunch of stuff that we never got to play. I don't know why that. I'm surprised you guys didn't play the last thrash bash. That show was insane. I don't know where we were or something else happened or, you know, like back in those days, I mean, when prom started getting, you know, somewhat popular, uh, I tell people this and like, they can't believe it. It's just gigs suck now. It's like, but we would, we were touring, we would do three European tours a year. Wow. So we'd be, we do like we jump on a tour here and then we head over to Europe. I and mean, we started out pretty much in Europe anyhow. And then um, that's where we really made our mark. And then eventually we, you know, we got more popular in America. But um, did you did you wind up? Did you get over there on your own or did somebody take you out there? Well, we we put out this first record with sort of primitive origins. Sure. And, by, um, this artwork by Sean Taggart. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, this guy, John Loader, who uh, put out all the Discord records. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether, like, Ian or somebody heard about us and, and turned him on. to. Uh, we had an indie release where we pressed, like, 3,000 of them. But back in now, you sold 3,000 records. You're like, you know, gold or whatever. But back then, we sold 3,000. We sold 3,000 records just in Manhattan. Sick. Like, yes, like, of, the, of our own pressing. And like through Bleaker Bobs and, you know, and, and the rest of the, the, you know, there was so many little um, uh, record stores and then shows, except that they would, Bleaker Bobs sold like a thousand of them. Crazy. So this guy, I eventually, this guy Loader, who put out all the disco records and he put out Cookie Puss and, you know, the first Beastie Boys. Beastie records. Boys, he, sure. Yeah. He found out about Prong and then he released 
the primitive origins over there. And then he brought us over for a tour. I think the first tour we did was with Head of David, which with Justin Broderick of Godflesh was in that band. And, wow. and we did, and it was Napalm Death we did a, sh- a tour with, Bolt Thrower. Wow. And then uh, actually, my Bloody Valentine we did a run with. We did a run with, with HR. And then, um, you know, then we started hitting it back over here. And then uh, we, the first tour we did over here, um, we did like, this small tour with Whiplash. And then uh, then we got, uh, right when we got signed, our first tour was with, we, we opened up with Voivod and Soundgarden. And we That's did, fucking uh, incredible. I know. But we'd run, we'd get off a tour, like, and then we'd finish. And we, like, we, I, that's why my first marriage and was gone after two years because, I get I get home. We get to New York. I'd spend like a day there, and then we go over to Europe for yeah. you know, for sometimes two months. Sick, so man. it was crazy back then. Like now, yeah, you know, like, man. Tour for three weeks in Europe. It's a big deal because it just sucks. I mean, when we're an older band, I mean, it's not like it used to be. But I think the whole scene has gotten garbage. You know, really. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but we'll, we'll we we can go off into all that. We'll sound like two sorry, yeah. get off my fucking lawn type shit. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it's true though, man. Because I remember, you know, I'm 45, but you know, I remember. Oh, wow, you look way younger than that. I'm 45. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I first started going to shows when I was like 14 or 15 at Lemoore's. and then and then from there, I ventured down to the Bowery, you know, to CBs and all those random clubs, everything from like the Knitting Factory and all that, all that stuff. But um, but then, you know, it's like what my favorite club of all time ever, not even because of shows, but it's because I used to dabble in the fucking hallucinogens was the limelight on Sunday nights. That was great. We did one of the greatest shows we ever did was that. Yeah. Fucking yeah, great. That. That <laughs> I used to love that club, man. And, uh, See, I mean, yeah, so- was king back then. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's all chance. I mean, that was, I mean, you'd have Murphy's law headlining like the Ritz. Yeah. Or, and it'd be like, you know, like 2,500 people. Yeah. You know, Bad Brains, you couldn't even get into a show with Bad Brains at the Ritz. No. You know, at, at the new Ritz, even. Like, the old Ritz, yeah. I mean, that old Ritz was like 1,100 people. Right. I guess it's Webster Hall now or whatever. It's not any place. places even over. Yeah. But the old yeah. Studio 54 Ritz was like, that was a huge place. Yeah. And, and you it was not Bad Brains show. Yeah. Crow, sold, sold out. Everything. Yeah. Rock Hotel yeah. shows always sold out. Yeah, man, incredible fucking shows. Yeah, fucking yeah. huge. But now, especially, like, I know that Europe is a completely different story, you know, as far as music scene and whatnot overall. But, like, here in the States, it's like, come on, man. It's like, there's first of all, there's not a lot of venues. And number two, kids nowadays, they, they'll, they'll sit in the back with their arms crossed, be like, all right, now impress me. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and plus me, I've said this several times on the podcast, I listen to the same 50 records over and over and over again. Yeah, I'm like that. It takes a lot nowadays. I'll give bands a shot, but like I'll know half a song in. I'm like, I heard this five thousand times. I know, I know, dude. Like I went, yeah, I go through stages where I'll try to be on top of what's going on, right? Like, especially if like like you know, Prong has put out a bunch, a whole shitload of records in the last eight years. I'm you like, I like to see a what lot. you have. Like what, like twelve records or something total, and plus Godolino. Yeah, like thirteen, twelve. Yeah, with third with other shit. Yeah, so you know, there's other different releases, there's bootlegs, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think stuff, twelve years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. Of, we have thirteen or something like that. 
but uh, we put out a lot of records recently. So, like, I, I like to see what would you know what other bands are coming up with, and you know, it's not, I mean, I think what root would we got digital technology sort of destroyed a lot of hardcore and yeah. uh, metal because these got kids are just they're just they're just concerned with technical ability yeah. now, and that's all it is. It's like breakdowns got to be in this time signatures that you can't even figure out and just like crazy. Everything is just, they keep upping the dose with that stuff because how do they play? They sit in front of their computers. Yeah. And they, that's how they play music nowadays. It's crazy, man. And they send files amongst one another. You don't get in a, in a van and, and jam out. Like, and for instance, like with, when we put out the Prove You Wrong record, it's like, okay, you guys got to make a record. I fucking love that record. But that's a weird record because I mean, you know, it's it's sort of like how Kiss had to do records. They were like, "Well, we have four days off between tours, so we're gonna have to write some songs in the hotel room and backstage, and then record for four days, and then maybe we go back on the road and then record in between there." Sometimes that's how Prove You Wrong was. It was like, you know, we we just finished all this touring, or we're still touring. Like, oh, you got to make a record now. It's just like I don't have any fucking songs. It's like. We had to like write, I mean, writing songs with, before we went on stage. And then when we get home, I'd be like, you know, going in the bathroom and writing songs. And just <laughs> then we had to record real fast. And that, that's how it was, you know, like with the band together, though, you know, like I'd be coming up with riffs and the drum would be right there. Like this, like an electric guitar acoustically. What do you think of this riff? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like we'll jam on that during sound check or something. Right. It's not like we didn't get in front of computers and, send people right you know, physically in person yeah there. all in person it was yeah, all there in the bullshit rehearsal yeah. room thank you. you know we had these rehearsal room in west beth basement in manhattan and we'd be sharing this like with three other bands and like we hated all the other bands and we get in the fights with them and that's how it was it's like we hated everybody and it was just it was just chaos, you know. Now you got to kiss everyone's ass all the time, and uh, it's all political, and everyone's pretending they're, you know, so great on Facebook, and uh, everyone loves each the, other. The and, highlight reel of people's lives—it's such bullshit. I can't <laughs> fucking take it. It's, right? So look I mean, at me—I'm such a great person. Ugh, it's well, like, yeah. I see right through it. It's such bullshit. Yeah, I can't take it anymore. No, me neither. I go on there, I promote shit. I'll post like I've been posting like, you know, we're friends on friends on there, you know. But you know, I'll post like I I found like all these really old, old, old pictures of like New York City of like these crazy construction workers building the empire, like all that old shit. Like I like, you know, I don't get political. I don't care about anyone else's opinion. I, I really at all. Not enough for me to comment and go back and forth with anybody. I promote the podcast and I'll bullshit. 90% of the shit that I do on there is podcast related. That's it. I've said it a yeah, billion I mean, times. It's a good vehicle. Yeah, I do have a vehicle too. Like, like uh, you know, uh, Josta has this this uh, web store now that he's, he, you know, and, and uh, he's helping me out. Like, so look, look, dude, I'll make you like, we're going to make some prong pint glasses, you know? I saw them, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Let's do that. And then he's like, but you do, you got to do so. You haven't posted on Instagram since June. And I'm I like, know. that's true. I have it. He's just like, I what the it. fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, dude, I don't care. It's like right now the whole business is fucking gone. And I know. it's like, what am I going to do? Like, I noticed that too, though. I'm like, 
Wow, he hasn't been active on that. I wondered if you put, like ran it, but I figured you did. And then I saw the pint glass one. I'm like, okay. Because I started following you on there. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder, is it a dead account? I don't know. But I think, I, you, just uh, don't, I think you just don't give a shit. And that's fine too, man. <laughs> I get it. It just you know? got, it just, I don't know. I mean, it gets, I, I, it's, it's, my, it's my problem. It's, it's my problem. I have a bad attitude about, you know, a lot of people. So. Listen, you and me both. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't. I can't. I know. I can't. I, it's I, like I, I can't can. either. So now I have to ask because, I, like I said, I'm 45 and I grew up basically, you know, I'm the headbangers ball MTV generation. You know what I mean? Like awesome. Trying to stay awake, you know, from, from midnight till three in the morning was like on Saturday nights was like a huge deal before drinking and drugs came into the picture, you know? And I mean, if, if there's young kids that have no idea, which I don't know how, you need to study your lessons. But, you know, three, if, I, if I'm right, during three different portions of that show is three different prong songs. Yes. Right? That's a good question. A lot of people didn't recognize that. But go ahead. Yeah, it's for dear life, steady decline, and lost and found. Nice. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, of course. I know that shit. I'm like, <laughs> I remember, I knew that back then when I had the, when I had the Beg to, the, uh, Beg to Differ cassette. I'm like, that's that song. Oh, shit. There's three different prong songs. And two of them, which it was Steady Decline and Lost and Found, they would play when they came back from commercial real quick and then they would go into another video and get back to Ricky Rackman or Adam Curry or whoever the fuck it was at the time. And then <laughs> they would do it. But the beginning of the Headbangers Ball was the fucking For Dear Life. Yes, exactly. Which have been fucking insane. And that was early on. And that's not much longer after Beg to Differ even came out. How did that all happen? I know you've probably talked about this a billion times, but I want to no, know. I don't first. even know. I mean, like people always ask, well, how did... How did uh, you get the putt putt set to do the cover? And it's just like you asked. Well, yeah, well, you asked. Like people don't understand. Like you, like putt said was in a band called Septic Death, and then yep. he was also worked for. Thr he was an editor for Thrasher magazine, so like he was one of the first guys that we sent a demo to, and he was like he responded to it. The same thing with Henry Rollins. Like uh, I could not believe when he sent. He's like, dude, I love your 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 um, demo. I was like, Henry Rollins got back to me. Really? Same thing would happen with with um, with uh, Pusshead. I was like, you know, we just asked him, and I was like, I think Ricky. Um, I mean, Ricky was like a hair, like Rockman was like a sort of a hair guy, but he did branch into. He was curious about the hardcore scene and yes. like newer metal bands and crossover, yeah. and. Um, he actually came to, he came, um, and uh, I think there was a guy, I think it was Schnapp over at Epic. He got in touch with us. I was like, you know, we're looking for new music. We're getting rid of, like, well, I think it was MOD. And he goes, we're going to make a change. And then uh, uh, he said, what about Prong? And then, like, I said, well, they got a new album out. So I think that's how it came out. I was like, you know, I think it was his idea. It really, and the, and the people that ran, were running Headbangers because, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like Epic. Epic Records like would like bought us on there or anything, but you know, we did have to. I never got any royalties, but we had to relinquish the royalties. If I had if I had royalties for that snippets, oh. you know, I'd probably uh, you know have some yeah. good amount of cash in my pocket. But. Sure, but I mean, but forget about the royalties, which of course, let's say that wouldn't have been fucking awesome. That would have been great, but that's ridiculous exposure, and 
probably nothing was ever the same after that, right? Well, I think it was, um, believe it or not, it depends where we went. Like we had, I think right after that, we went on tour with Flotsam and Jetsam. Okay. And um, some places that tour was unbelievable. Like we were playing, like, especially where they were, they were really popular. Sure. Which was uh, in certain places. But as soon as we got to California, there was like no one at the shows. I mean, we, we were, it was bad. And um, my booking agent was just like, we got to, both bands, we got to have to start, you know, breaking you guys out in California somehow. And it just never happened. Like it, it, it just, even through the Prove You Wrong record and everything, it just, until Snap Your Finger, Snap Your Neck came out, and like Beavis and Butthead had that on, then then things were serious, really. What's crazy is that that fucking ridiculous show <laughs> created so many fucking bands. It's ridiculous. I know. Unbelievable, man. I mean, it was such a great show. It was hilarious. And then, oh, like, the, yeah, yeah, for that time frame, oh my God, we would sit there and be high and watching that shit all night long, just out of control. It was good times back then, man. It really, it really fucking was something that will never, ever, ever happen again, ever. You know? No, I mean, it, there's no, there's no vehicles for anything anymore. I mean, that was a big thing. You know, headbangers, the videos, yeah. And then, like, there was, there was a lot more rock radio back then. Sure. And, uh, you know, I don't know how some of these bands do it these days. I mean, like, you know, they just do it. I mean, you got to hand it to like these the new hardcore bands. I mean, they do really well, I mean, but without those those vehicles that much. I mean, I don't know where, you know, I mean, I guess some of them are border into like Christian metal, too. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And I, you know, that they they get popular. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is going yeah, on. Yeah, like, there's a lot it. of, like, I see some of these bands, I'm like, how the fuck did they get so many plays on Spotify? Like, you know, like August Burns Red, like that band. Like, how the hell... They have, you know, a billion freaking plays. And I was like, oh, they're a Christian metal band. Uh, it's like uh, something yeah. along those it lines. It might also be like with the algorithm. There's all that algorithm shit now. Like there's specific times when you can get the most feedback on Instagram posts, certain times of the day, on certain days of the week. There's all these weird fucking algorithms that these kids have figured out. Oh, wow. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're real... I yeah, I didn't even think of that. I mean, I've been shit like people, that. It's really, it's techie shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, people have tried to explain it to me. Enough. Yeah, I know. I, I've been like, I've managed. Well, if you you post at this time, you get this. I was like, nothing's ever worked for me. It's like I was, nothing's <laughs> ever worked, and I I don't even, you know, you you can't have this many, you know, uh, tags, etc. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah I hear you. So now I, I have a, I have a, a weird question just because I do this like weird urban exploration thing and the problem place probably doesn't even exist. Do you remember, or where did you actually film the, the, uh, the beg to different video in that? It, where was that? It, there's a sewer underneath central park. Oh yeah. I can't get in there now probably. No, no, no. There's deep below central park. There's an old sewer system like, uh, that, uh, I don't know, would even know what it would, I think they, they, in recent years, they've actually have a, the water tunnel has been renewed and they've made a new one to go to Croton Dam. But this one's been closed 
And I think we're renting it out, or I guess they used it for locations. And uh, really? it was That's weird. Yeah, very strange. I know it's like I, no one knows about it, but I mean, I mean, people, but they do films down the film shit down there. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's I, I didn't expect that answer. I thought it would be I, like some weird warehouse somewhere. I don't know in the fucking sewer in Central Park. Yeah. Nice. It's fucking. Yep. Cool. It so is cool. Yeah, man. So now you put out Beg to Differ, and then shit is, I mean, obviously there's certain pockets where things are better than others, but, I mean, you're signed to a major label at that point. You're on Epic, right? Yeah. And, and then the, you, you touched on Prove You Wrong, which if, if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to say front to back gun to my head, I would probably have to say Prove You Wrong is probably my favorite prong record overall. Like, you know what I'm saying? Which, I, I don't know. It, it might also be a time and place thing. You know what I'm saying? But absolutely, I love that fucking record. It's it's very different than everything else. Obviously, yes. you just said for, for good reason. Now I understand why. But there's so many, like, different kinds of songs on there. Like, like Brainwave. It's like, that's like, you almost, sa- in certain parts of that song, you almost sound like HR. Well, that's what I was trying to do. Really? I mean, yeah, you know, that's what's yeah, the whole and the, the song it's is very about the bad brain. It's fucking Lyric. rules. Have, have you heard uh Power Trips version of it? I have. Yeah, yes. they did. Yeah, uh, Riley got rest himself. But it's like, yeah, they um they did a cover of it. I sort of forgot about that song. And um we used to play it live, and it was people. People were just, it never really went over that well. So we eventually, really? it. yeah. And then um, I was going to try to bring it back, and uh, we never did. We never, we never got to bringing it back. But I mean, that's one of my favorites. I mean, uh, you know, it's like internally with the band, like I pushed that song on everybody because um, you know I thought that you know it was like a tribute to the Bad Brains, but not oh. many people got that. You know, I was like, that's yeah. really what it was. That, that's a, that's actually a pretty cool song. I mean, the whole guitar solo thing is supposed to be like Doc and yeah, and, yeah, it's great. There's so many different songs, like from like contradictions to yeah, you know, like, irrelevant thoughts, contradictions yeah. to to brainwave. It's so hell if I could like they're all so different. Love it. I appreciate it. I mean, but I think that that side of prong where we were so all over the place was to our detriment. Like. You know, really? for, as far as as far as financial, as far as popularity goes, because people will never know what the hell they were listening. They, you know, and then, you know, citing the bad brains and killing joke and, you know, the stranglers as influences to the general public. Yeah. They didn't have a fucking clue who those bands were. Right. Like, I remember when when, uh, you know, Dime, uh, I was friends with him, like during Back to Death, we, t- we toured with them a bunch and we did a lot of shows with them. And, um, you know, those guys were hair metal guys and then they moved into hardcore and like they kicked ass. Yeah. But um, like he was like, man, what, what's up with this proof you wrong with it? He didn't like it because it's like it's all over the place. He didn't like the guitar sound. And I was like, and he goes, I don't know anything about the Stranglers. And, you know, like, you know, I go, well, what about the what about the bad brains? He goes, I'm not, he goes, I don't like the bad brains. I'm not into that shit. You know, I was like, right. so to the general people, like they weren't into that. And I think that confused a lot of people. So, uh, you know, like the bands, like look at look at like who's successful in the big picture, like ACDC. I mean, there's not that much variety in their sound and their songs. I mean, they got great songs and their everything is great. But I mean, it's all it's 
it's you know what you're getting. Hey, you, know? you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. I mean, we you know we try to be eclectic, and sometimes that's a bit. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, a bit arrogant at times. And uh, well, you, you do know. what you want to do. It's not that bad. I know. But I know. You got to give people what they want too. You know. Looking back, if I, I would, would I, there's good things about being eclectic, but you got to have a direction and at sure. the same time, you know what I mean? So I got it. Yeah, I got you know, it. We were too hippied out at times. Like with, you know, I mean, look at Zeppelin three, like, you know, like that to me is, a, I really love Zeppelin three, but there's really only like three, like hard songs on that record or four. Right. Well, they, they go all over the place on that. Zeppelin did that a lot anyhow, but yeah. you know, uh, you know, some records like Presence was like like that. That's all guitar, hard songs. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? But like, you know, no. we we thought we thought we were big shots and we could do anything we want. And I don't think that was the greatest thing in the world. Looking back, you know, I wish sometimes a management or somebody at the label would have get like like no, like stop, you know, stop this, you know, a little bit. Like, but they didn't know they didn't understand the band either, especially Epic Records. They had they were clueless when it came yeah. to us like we just got lucky you know like it was weird yeah, yeah. and then thanks to beavers and butthead would snap your name snap your fingers yeah, that you helped you know that helped i mean and that song that that song is always on the in, in your set list and that's one of your most popular songs you know the most re- popular song yeah for, and for good reason you know it's fucking you know and then you, you you started banging out records like crazy you know yeah we went away for i went away for a while i mean like financially like we were so broke when the when the band but when you're on a major label, they spend a lot of your money and like, then you owe it to them. And it's not like the old days where like, Oh, you know, like they let you go and they, we, we had, we signed our publishing deal with them. And like, it, like we just owe them. So I owe them so much money, you know, it's like, so uh, like anything that's sold just goes to them. Like, I don't, you know, see shit from those records. So, you know, like eventually, you know, I had to play with Glenn and Ministry and do those things, you know, to make, you know. Yeah, you mean, you were on the same. Pizzas or whatever, you know. Did you deliver Fellini and John's? No, no, no. I was, I was out here by the time. I was okay. trying to get a job at In-N-Out Burger, and I, 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 it was the weirdest situation. I didn't, I was so pissed off that I didn't get a job there. And this is when I was like totally down and out. And then, um. Like uh, I was almost completely broken. This uh, it was like two weeks go by, and some guy calls me up. Like, like, oh yeah, I, I could put on a record. This is when like the renewal of Prong happened. One of the renewals of it. I was like, I wasn't even planning to do it anymore. And then um, I was like, all right, I'll do it. And then In and Out called me, and I could have worked burgers, uh, but I never uh-huh. got. I never stooped that low. I've done other jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had my share of shitty go nowhere jobs myself. But Lace, listen, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, man. You well, in that burger, it's actually these professional people that work at in that burger. I mean, it's like you know they pay really well and they got benefits and stuff. Believe it or not, that's crazy. Yeah. So, hey, listen, <laughs> whatever works, man. Whatever yeah. the fuck works. So that, it was funny because you said you know you started playing with Glenn and Danzig, and I recently had Johnny Kelly on. Yeah, I know. I, I saw that. Yeah, I didn't want to do an hour, and you know, and Johnny can go off. We both can go off for a while. Johnny's got a lot of things to say. Oh, I know, but I just I was looking and just to double check it. It's like you are on like the same records as Johnny is. I'm on more than he is. Well, I know, but 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 the records that he's on, you're on, and then oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's weird. I'm trying to think what Johnny is on. um, Death Red Sabbath. 
Yes. And Circle of Snakes. He's not on Circle of Snakes. I think he is. No. You sure? Maybe on like three drum tracks? No, Because that's another that. weird thing with him with dancing. It's like hey, three tracks on this record, four on this, but it's just like, it's so convoluted that you can't even fucking make sense of it. Yeah, trust me. Circle of Snakes is, is Bevan Davies, Jerry Montano, myself on playing on okay. that. Okay. <laughs> so right. and then uh he's on skeletons yeah and then uh, yes so uh yeah the, now, I mean, the, later, the later danzer records are the later danzer records i mean the first three are the real records i mean like you know let's yeah. face it you know. yeah i got it but there's some there's some tracks here and there man i mean obviously you can't touch especially the first two you can't touch the first two are great are incredible but now yeah. how I, I i need to talk because you're also well, not really also. I already said that Prove Your Own might be my favorite. But you're on, you play on my absolute favorite ministry record. Oh, really? Cool. Rio Grand Blood. Yeah, that's the best one, yeah. I love that. Listen, Psalm 69 and Mine is a Terrible Dick to Taste and Land of Rape and Honey, I get it. They're great. But then there's some weird stuff in the middle. It's like, eh, all right, I'm not really into it. But then they came out with Rio Grand Blood. And I was just like, holy shit, man. And I double checked because I know that you worked at ministry, but I wasn't sure. I was like, I think he was on. And I was like, there it is. I didn't know he played. I mean, I'm going to blow my own horn here for a while. I mean, I I, I didn't only play on that record. And, um, you know, I'm sure Al and his ego will totally not (laughs) agree with any of this. Whatever. He won't even listen to this. No, he doesn't listen to this, but, you know, like I read, you know, like I tell the truth about shit with him and like what goes down and then it gets back to him and then it pisses him the fuck off and like, you know, he's just like rants and raves about it. Yeah. But he doesn't give a shit because he takes all the money anyhow. But it's like, right. um, I made that record happen and 90% of the music on that record I wrote completely. And really? he, was, he was like, through most of it, he was like drunk on the couch and not doing anything on that. So yeah. um, um, he put it together eventually. And like, you know, his lyrics were always fantastic. And, you know, like he produced eventually. But uh, we had nothing. I mean, we got kicked out of the studio. He didn't pay his bill. And uh, uh, Mark Baker and myself were in the ba- a basement in his garage in El Paso with a little practice drum kit and I was playing through Pro Tools and he and it with headphones and uh, all those tracks were were written and recorded that way. And he was he'd come in like every other day like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, <laughs> oh my God, like someone's like, oh cool. And then that was Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It must have been a fucking experience working with that dude man i mean al's a brilliant dude he's, he's he is dude, you know uh, but, but a word around the campfire is that he's a fucking handful yeah i mean i heard he's mellowed out a lot i mean i don't know i mean you know like i talked to him a couple of years ago like you know, the thing that pisses me off with him is like you know you know after things were going really good after rio grand blah i was like you know that's a smoking album people loved it right. the, band, the band was great and he's like, I'm retiring now. Because he made so much money on the touring and everything. 
I'm retiring. I'm like, dude, we spent so much. I was making dog shit money for him. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, dude, I want to keep, if I invested like, you know, two, three years into this, you know, like I want to pay back on this. He doesn't understand any of that shit, you know? Right. Like he all like yap saps about, you know, you know, he's all ultra left and like, you know, liberal and everything. When it comes to paying people, he's worse than any tyrant in the world. So he's like, you know, he's just so full of shit. So it's like, you know, like I was like, I was pissed off because, you know, like we worked so hard on the, the the live show and everything. It's like, then he's retiring. I was like, fuck, this is horrible. And then he was, then he realized, I think he got a divorce and he had to put it back together again. Right. You know, what did do I do it. Yeah. No, after the live sucker, right. The, 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 the last sucker. The last sucker. Yeah, that's when he wanted to retire after that one. Yeah. Well, you were on that and you were on the yeah. one after that, right? Relapse. Yes. Yeah. I got called in after that. Cause again, like he's like, I don't have any songs that I need you to, can you come down and do this? And like, I have, I'm like an idiot. I went down there and, you know, like threw more riffs and recorded more shit and never got a fucking cent paid out of any of the publishing. You had to sign over your publishing to him. He goes, I'll pay you. I'm, I'm good. I just got to, it's easier for me to use my, uh, you know, my publishing company. I haven't got dick off from him. You can't, you know, somebody like me, I can't sue anybody, you know, it's right. like, so sue everybody. Yeah, right. Sue everybody. Sue everybody. I'll have my shoes with me. So I have them. Yeah. I mean, I think Kamal, I think he's like rude. Uh, he, he's from Flushing, I think. Yeah. And he, like, he was right the down. whole hardcore scene. As a matter of fact, it's funny because Sean Taggart, who did Primitive Orange, I had Sean on him way back. Like yeah, he did the he did the jerky boys covers. Yeah, yeah. All the comics he, yeah, and all he that. still does. Yeah, Gnostic Front stuff, your stuff, Trump Suckers. I mean, that dude has done a lot of legendary shit, man. Yeah, but yeah, Jerky Boys. It's so weird. What is going on with the Jerky Boys? Is it there's like a new is there there's a new, a new shit? one coming out? Really? First one in 20 years. There's a oh new my Jerky god. Boys record. I can't oh wait. god. I can't wait. I gotta get it. Me too. Bro, are you kidding me? Half of my vocabulary is that shit. I know that was so great. It's so great. You listen to it now, it's still hilarious. Really? I gotta I gotta check it out. Dude, it's fucking, just go onto YouTube and type in Jerky Boy's roofing. It's fucking, I belly laugh every time I listen to it. It never gets old. Nice. So good. I gotta do it. Yeah, man. So what So what did you do? You just like fucking ran out of ministry because it was a toxic environment or what? Well, it was a toxic environment. I mean, just, uh, uh, I went back to Glenn. Like, you know, he's like... I, I went back and forth in through both those bands, but I mean, Glenn called me up and uh, he, Todd couldn't get into Canada and he goes, I need you again. And um, I said, dude, I'm down. And, uh, you know, Glenn uh, is always a more stable gig or be a bet a better guy to work for, you know? So yeah, I just went yeah. back. I, I never went back. Like I went, that's, I've been playing with Glenn, man, it was like 11 years straight for now, you know? So I mean, awesome, and it, it was good because he, he doesn't gig enough. So I was able to do prong again. So like, you know, yeah, so everything really worked out well for me in the end, you know, like where I was able to continue doing prong and then doing dancing gigs at the same time. So we're having, I mean, it's, there's been conflict scheduling. I'm not going to lie. And sure. there's been some people choices, but um, you know, uh, you know, Glenn has been fantastic to me. So like, you know, like over the last 
12 years or whatever. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Cause I really don't, I, I don't very, I don't speak to, I mean, Johnny is the only person besides you who I've spoken to who know Glenn personally. And I mean, we didn't really, I don't even know if you really spoke about Glenn per se, but you know, everyone shit a chatter, blah, blah, on, on the internet about, you know, what, how Glenn is, but <laughs> you know, everyone's like, a dick, he's a jerk off this and that. But I don't know if he treated you nice. That's how I am. I don't care what anyone else thinks about other people. This person treats me cool. I'm cool. You know? Yeah, I mean, I have the advantage. Like, I have I have an older brother. And, um, you know, like, who's almost around Glenn's age, too. So, you know, like, I, I know, I, I mean, he's old school in his mentality on a lot of stuff. And, like, you know, like, I totally respect that. You know, it's where... It's it's almost a it's a dying breed, and where, you know, now um, uh, you 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 think in those terms, it's like um, yeah, I'll, I'll just come out with you know you know for instance, it's like you know what like whoever's really paying the bills, you gotta like you gotta to this generation of millennials, the people who are paying the bills are the assholes, and it's like right, well, right off the bat, like. You know, he's got to be a scumbag if he's the guy paying the bills. And, yeah. this, you know, he's the money guy. And that's that's he's got to be an asshole. Right. And that perception right. has been drilled into people over the last, I don't know, 15 years. But you go you go earlier before that. It's like, hey, you know, this guy, this guy's employing a bunch of people. Yeah. You know, he's he he deserves to get what he wants. You know, Absolutely. like he, he's got his and I totally respect that. Other people, oh, he, he asked for this and he asked for that. It's like, so what? Yeah, so what? You, there, didn't, you didn't, don't understand it these days. Yeah, you didn't pay your fucking dues. You didn't do that. No. And I thought, you know what? I thought I didn't see any of the Misfits reunion shows or anything like that, but I thought it was fucking great. Who did he put on? He had fucking Agnostic Front open for him. He had fucking Murphy's Law come on. Like, he had like all these fucking old school hardcore bands that deserve their fucking due. And he knew that and he fucking brought them on there. So yeah, I mean, as far like, as like, yeah, a music- I'm like, I, I really, honestly, I don't have a dog in the fight. So I'm, you know, I can't say nothing bad about Glenn. I don't know the guy. No, no. And he, and as far as like knowledge of music and records. Oh yeah. And comic books. Like you can't, you'll never meet anybody that knows more. I mean, it's like, it's, he's, his memory is unbelievable. I mean, he's got like, uh, like he'll, it's far as like Elvis. I mean, he'll, he knows every Elvis record in which there's like 70 of them. Yeah. And he knows what songs are on there. He knows who wrote the songs. Oof, yeah, he knows the them. lyrics to the songs. And he's just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Fuck, man. Well, that's yeah. cool. Well, hopefully, hopefully sooner rather than later, you can get, you know, back out there and fucking gig. I mean, you got to be itching a fucking gig, no? Not really. <laughs> awesome. I, love I had that, a couple man. of, I had a, I had <laughs> I love it. A string of some pretty brutal tours, like towards the end. Like I early in this conversation, I was saying, like, I sort of like had enough for a while, you know. It's just yeah. like it, it was it was getting to that point where like um I've been there before. You know, like sometimes I think I'm built for this, and then other times I'm like, you know, dude, like this is this is too much, man. I mean, it's just, dude, I've been doing this shit since fucking 1986. Yeah, I mean, earlier than that, and yeah, even before, yeah, crazy. And it's just, you know, I've 
it, it's just it, it just gets really there's a lot of bleeding man a oh, lot God. and at my age yeah. like it's just like really and um the overall it, novelty has seen its course <laughs> the novelty has definitely seen its course on a lot of things and you know uh like i do not party i am not into drugs i do not drink right me neither i'm done with all that stuff too good for you yeah yeah i i can't i'm not going out there to you know to rage man it just no. doesn't like that's gone you know a long time and i, I just it just makes you know it just made me more miserable anyhow sure but it's sure. like you know there's just so much stupid shit that goes on out there on the road it's like oh, i'm sure um mainly with prong you know like with glenn there's a lot of you know glenn we were in and out of there and you know it's like it's it's i don't have to worry about all the business side of shit right and like uh you know you know, I mean, I, I mean that—that's when you're when you're a hired gun. You know that you have the benefit of that. You don't reap the the total financial rewards, but but you, you don't know, have the headaches. Don't have the headaches. You don't have to worry like vans fucking breaking down, paying for this, paying for that. Some asshole in your band like destroys something, and then you're responsible for it. All this garbage all the time. You know. Yeah, I get it. Do you mind if I shout out my sponsors real quick? And then I have another question for you. And I, won't, ahead, hold you ho- I won't hold you hostage for too much longer. <laughs> All right, man, go do your sponsors. All right. No, nah, well, I'm going to talk to you about them anyway, because it's something you okay. might like. Are you a coffee guy? Yes, I am. Um, right now, I'm not, but I, I usually am. All right. Dead Sled Coffee. Okay. D-E-A-D-S-L-E-D Coffee. They just... um. There's a, there's a Pennsylvania hardcore band called Wisdom and Chains. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they did yes. a special brew with them. The ska band from New York City, the Toasters. Oh, wow. They just did a, a special brew. They worked with them and they just signed the whole deal and they're doing a, a nightmare blend with Robert Englund from Nightmare on Elm Street. Holy shit. Yeah, so, so it's like they're coffee guys. They're like hardcore guys. They're horror movie people. So it's all kinds of like really cool shit, but it's a coffee company. So they're one of my sponsors. Follow them on Instagram at Dead Sled Coffee. And if you go to DeadSledCoffee.com, this is even for you too, Mr. Tommy Prong. If you go to DeadSledCoffee.com and you put in the promo code Brooklyn Blast, you get 15% off your order. And any order over 40 bucks is free shipping. Nice. Not bad. They got that all kinds good. of shit. They got tea, cold brew, flavored coffees, regular coffees, everything. Mugs, shirts. Yeah, because yeah, I I try. To, I mean, I'm, I'm becoming a real Californian, and mm-hmm. like no one wants to go to the stores. I mean, we are quarantined. Anything I can get online or order delivery, that's where I'm at with my wife. Yeah, it's sled coffee, not man. like they're going awesome. out. They're you know? awesome, and they're not like expensive. They're not like this foo foo, crazy expensive. You're not gonna pay twenty dollars a fucking bag. You know, it's it's good shit. I drink it all, cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. And another thing we touched on was old record stores, but there is one that's still standing and has survived this whole pandemic shit is Generation Records on 210 Thompson Street in the West Village of New York City. Follow them on Instagram at Generation Records. Shout out to Mark, um, which is cool because they don't sponsor really anybody, but they sponsor me, which is awesome. But um, if you go to generationrecords.bigcartel.com, you can, they have an online store that you can get shit. But if you're in the New York City area, Go to the brick and mortar spot and buy something. Um, they're open. Wear your little stupid mask, whatever you got to do. But they're open. And once again, they're at 210 Thompson Street in the West Village of New York City. And then we have 
New Republic Printing. Now, for screen printing, embroidery, vinyl stickers, and buttons, if you go to newrepublicprinting.net, they have a drop-down menu. You could pick whatever brand, merch you fucking want, blah, blah, blah. But the thing with them is there's no screen fees. There's no setup fees. And if you have your order delivered to a commercial address, like your job, or if you're cool with the guy at the bodega at the corner, and you can have something delivered there, it's free UPS ground shipping, which is ridiculous. So follow them on Instagram at New Republic Printing. And that's that. Good work. Those are my sponsors off the top of my head. Yeah. Very good work, man. Now, I do have to mention to you or ask you, um, I know that a lot of people don't know, but some people might know, but I'm aware, but I don't know the whole deal, uh, the whole deal. but you did work with Rob Zombie. Yes. Did you know Rob way back in the day on the Lower East Side when they, when they yes. were homeless and they were like a noisy band? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if they were homeless. Uh, they looked um, homeless. They did look homeless. <laughs> But yeah, Mike Kirkland, who was um, uh, in the original prong, and we yeah. were both doormen. So, like, I didn't tell you that because I, I used to work the door occasionally at CB's too. And right. Mike and I used to work it together. He was more friends with Rob, and then um, and Ivan, and um, I was more acquaintance with him. I always thought Rob was a little bit standoffish, you know, like he was yeah. not very friendly. Beavis and Butt had blew that band up. Oh man. But I mean, we, we then we started getting friendly with them, and um, I mixed them when they were just when Tom was a guitar player, and they were just absolute noise. It was like they tried to be an art rock band. Yes, and they were just horrible. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna blow my. They heard prong, and they're like, oh shit, we're gonna and we're gonna change our whole style. And they got Jay, and they completely changed their music. Well, because it was a very big, because they had like that Soul Crusher record and Pig Heaven, God's on right. Boon and all that. And then they came out with that Make Them Die Slowly record, which was a lot slower and sludgier before they broke with, you know, La Sexta Sisto and all that. So there was a lot of crazy, sounded like it was, you know, recorded in a bathroom somewhere and you can't understand the thing he's talking about. And then you had that slower record and then you had... The Geffen shit. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, they were just weird, and I, I didn't really like them. But then they, then they started doing that stuff. And we did a bunch of shows together. And uh, we did um, not a bunch, a couple. Of, we, we went down to D.C. with them. And they were already getting a buzz. And they headlined. It was Prong and White Zombie headlining. And uh, then they started, like, like, with Christmas lights. And they started putting a little show together. And uh, I remember I was, like, with Ted, with the drummer from Prong. And we're like, they're going to be fucking huge. And I was like, and, and we were like, we just knew it. I'm like, they are going to be so, and, and, and like people are going, really? You think so? I go, dude, I mean, they, they're going to be massive. I go, they're like, they're like kiss, but something different. Yeah. And we yeah. just knew it. We just, it was, it was undeniable that they were so good. They got all of a sudden, they put the whole thing together and they were so good. And, uh, you know, more powerful to him. Yeah. But I mean, I was like stuck. I had this, this studio um, down uh, in, on, uh, in Hollywood. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm doing solo music. I'm going to do a solo record. And um, uh, I want you to write all the music for it. Which was record was this? On, this is the first Rob Zombie record. Okay. And I did, I did the, uh, 
I, I was on stage with him with a mask on at, at, the, at the private parts uh, debut at the Garden. I played with them on that. Okay. And I actually worked on the American Nightmare, that song with Klauser. Like, I played on that. Okay. You know, uh, no, there's another song and uh, that are, I, let's put it this way. I wrote a whole bunch of shit. They started working on the record. And um, I gave them all my files, and um, they decided they. From what I heard, they chopped it all up, and they didn't want to give me any publishing on it. So I told them to go fuck themselves. And then he goes, "Well, I'll pay you. I'll pay you a certain amount of money to play the play guitar on the first Rob Zombie record." I was like, "No, I want the songwriting. T- t- I want you know the publishing on these the songs that I wrote. Yeah, There's nothing yeah. I can really do about it." I mean, I, I, you know, like they chopped up the parts, you know, Scott Humphreys and him, they chopped it up. Like I gave them all these riffs and they chopped them all up and uh, used a bunch of them to create songs. Ah, Jesus. Whatever. Shit show. Yeah. That's balls, man. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Well, give you you what what you're owed, man. That's such bullshit, I think. Well, I mean, the consolation prize was that I was that that I would play guitar on the album. Right. But Danny Loner eventually did it. And then he's the one that started all the shit. He called me up. He goes, he initially, he sort of he sort of stole the gig from me. I'm friends with him now. But he's like, dude, I was up at Scott Humphreys, man, and it's awful. Sounds like all your guitar parts are being used on the new zombie record. Like as far as the demos, I'm like, those motherfuckers. I have I've been waiting to hear back from them. So I called up Andy Gould, who was the manager at the time. I go, I heard they're using the shit up there. He goes, I haven't heard a peep from Rob. He goes, No, 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 they're not using any of your material. Uh, I was like, but, but Rob, and then Rob goes, ah, well, I'll, I'll pay you to play guitar on the record. So they wanted to, they scammed me out of the whole thing, really. Ah, what's the handed bullshit? Yeah, exactly. Right, so right. Danny eventually, he he got, he wound up getting the money and playing guitar on the album. Uh, so, oh, well, yeah, but he probably doesn't have any fucking royalty, you know, any any public. No, no, of course not. No, but he got enough from Nine Inch Nails eventually, anyhow. But I, I just took, I, I should have, I should have, Taking it up the ass and then, you know, been in his band and, you know, then, you know, he got Riggs, who was, we had a second guitar player in Prong for a while and he was the guy, he was in Screw, so they got him to do it and, you know, he didn't last with them neither, so. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. So, So you can give two shits at this point to go out and play, which I think is hilarious and awesome. It's yeah. just the way things are. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it's just. It's, and then there's going to be fucking when, it, even if it does, eventually there's going to be fucking total distancing at a fucking show. You got to wear your masks. Like, what the fuck? What are you doing? It's going to. I'm going to wait it out. I mean, I'm going to until they, you know, uh, I know that no one, everyone's like afraid to accept a vaccine, you know. Uh, but, uh, in like five months, hopefully there's a vaccine because, you know, uh, that's, that would help. And then maybe, you know, I'm going to wait it out. Cause you know, what's going to happen is another thing is there's going to be all these bands that haven't been doing anything. Uh-huh. Then they're going to be on this mad rush to go out and play all these shows. And there's going to be a glut and like people don't get, people don't have money anyhow. Right. So. Right. 
you know, they're going to really be people have been really choosing what they go see anyhow. Like as it it's it was it wasn't that great the scene before the pandemic, right? So I don't expect it to be that great immediately afterwards. This is going to be too many bands, yeah, vying for spots. And then on the other hand, clubs have been closing. Like there's not a lot. I mean, yeah, exactly. I think it's going to what they. I mean, we went out we're branching a little bit into politics, but this is what they wanted. I mean, they've they've been trying to they, I know they, it sounds like who's they, but um the you know, quote unquote powers that be who really control shit. Yeah, okay, let's I'll I'll use it that way. But I mean I know for a fact in the music business, <clears throat> they're they've been the powers that be are been trying to you know, let's get rid of this rock shit for once and all. Like, like, you know, why do we even spend any, why promote it? Why do anything? Unless it's legacy bands, let's just get rid of it. It's all about hip hop and like crossover music. Anyhow, like they've been trying to get rid of, you know, music that's okay. More or less for white people for a long time. They've been trying to get rid of it. They, they, they shovel out all this Dumbed down nonsense. Yes, exactly. So that's uh, what they want, and it's the same thing for like if, if this if that same mentality is with it, like it is with clubs, small clubs, small labels. It's like you know what? Why do we? Let's just see if we could get rid of like small businesses, and we want to get rid of all this shit. Like they, right, those people right. could the, the the people that. Well, let them depend on the government now for money, and like that's what's going to happen. Like you know, they'll depend so many, on us. There's so many people that are okay with that too. Okay, I know it's insane. It's insane. They, we're all going to have to be okay for it very soon, uh, uh, unfortunately. Oh my god! At least for four years. So we'll see what happens. But I don't. I don't know. But I don't know either. It's going to get very. I'm all right. I'm. I'm good. I am good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Like, like, my wife has a job. She's working. I'm fucking fine. Right. You know. So, but um, no, I I want. I'm. I. I would. What I'd like to do after this small clears. I mean, like, I got a legacy to. I have a prong is my thing. Sure. I I meet. I will make another record eventually. Good. You know, and it's going to be. You know, like we. It's going to be good. Like we've 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 made. You know, records like we this last zero days record did really well. No absolutes. Awesome. You know, we did. I mean, all those records have done really well. So, I mean, um, we're going to continue. Well, I'm going to continue doing it. You know, sure. Why the fuck wouldn't you, man? But I waited out. I mean, I'm not in a rush. It's like you know, like uh, I know, like Crowbar. They wanted us to do a uh, like a concert together, like a, a podcast. Like, first of all, I'm not set up to do that. It's just like. You know, it's just, just chill for a little bit. But I mean, maybe I have the wrong attitude about it. I just no, you just no, you're just doing whatever the fuck you want to do, and that's it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think you have yeah. the wrong attitude. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm listening to my same old records that I have for fucking ever, like you have, like you do. Yeah. yeah. And it's like I'm not really, you know, that interested in what's going on right now, neither. I mean, I'll listen now that you got me intrigued, I want to see like do they have like at Spotify the playlist of the top new records and you know i'm afraid i every time i'm like yeah i'm gonna let's hear some new stuff uh, and then yeah. i'm like 
I oh. cringe too. I cringe also. And I'll listen to the first 30 seconds and I'll hear both yeah. and a couple of things with I've I've heard this. I've heard this. Next, next, next. I, yeah. I know. It's just it's just unbelievable. But I mean, I, I we're just old guys. Because like we went, I a friend of mine I was younger than me, uh, wound up, he wound up like filling in on bass for Bronx on the last tour, or maybe being permanently the guy. But he took me to see a band that everybody was talking about for a while. And I'm not going to mention who they are. Okay. And it's like, yeah, I mean, and everybody, I mean, if you say anything, it's a metal band. And if you say anything, it, it, if you say anything against them, you're some kind of demon. Like, or, or not demon, I don't even, you're just some asshole that right. does not like this band. Right. Like, I'm the, as far as I'm like, you're probably the only guy that would probably agree with me on this because I could tell how you are. Uh-huh. Like, I went, people go fucking crazy. And this, I'm like, and I was trying to like it. I'm like, this is the worst garbage I've fucking ever heard in my life. Say and it. Fuck it. Who is it? Who I, know, is I can't. It? I'm not. I'm not doing it, dude. Because <laughs> the guys, actually, the, guy, the singer, guitar player of the band is a big prong fan, too. Unfortunately. Okay. Unfortunately. Man, Unfortunately. I've had people like, you know, Vinny Apache, you know him? Yeah, we, did, we did we got admitted into this thing, you know, before I get off, this thing called the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. And we got we got it's this this thing that they do around NAM. And we got we're in. We prong is in. And like we're like one of the new bands that they have in this thing. And it's like this when we got in, it was when we got it put in, it was Steve Vai. Joe Satriani, Prong, and I don't even remember who else got into this. Anthrax was last year. So they had Prong in this, and we played. And then somebody was telling me that Vinny Apache was losing his mind. Spy says, like, what is this garbage? He was, like, yelling around, like, these guys fucking suck. And he was, like, going crazy, like, telling everybody, like, like, losing, like, why are, why are they getting into the rock and roll hall, the heavy metal hall of fame? Like sort of this whole scene, like with dozens of people screaming and yelling and like, like you know, like getting people wild, riled up that we sucked and we should not be on the show. I think that, I think that Vinny, I would never do that, but that was, um, he hated it. I think Vinny needs to grow up. <laughs> Apparently. Grow up. Or grow down. Or grow down. Maybe. Hey, just, what's the matter with you? Yeah. So anyway, hilarious, dude. Awesome. Now check it out. Um, this is gonna go up on YouTube and just raw the way it is. And I'm also gonna tr- I run it across the um. There's a Brooklyn Blast Furnace Facebook group that I'll just I put it up raw like this. But the audio cool. version, the audio version, I put my intro, and that's it goes everywhere. I mean, your Spotify, it goes everywhere. But I have to ask you, um, to pick a prong song that I can. Attach on the end of the audio version of this. Any uh, song you want, your band, your episode, whatever you want. Uh, it's offered no absolutes. Uh, okay. Um, what song should I pick off of that? Let me see. Whatever you want, my man. Uh, do ultimate authority. Okay, you got it. Um, I also want to say, follow 
go on Instagram, all right? Um, <laughs> uh, follow at Prong the Band, I believe it is, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. And everywhere else, kids, all these millennials, if you type in Prong Music, Prong Band, you'll find it on. You know what? I'm, I'm going to start posting like some of the old, like you know, the CB's flyers. There you go. Some of the shows we did, like back in the day, like it's it's mind boggling, like. You know, since you have like a kind of a hardcore you know, New York vibe to it, you know, you can check it out. Like, you sure, know. I'm all over that. So I love all that old stuff. I'm a hardcore kid. I was a metalhead, and then I found all my hardcore stuff, and I still listen to both like crazy. So I'm all in with that. But shit. things were cool. I mean, even back then, like you know, like I was thinking, you know, we played a weekday show, and that was with White Zombie. That's what it was with. It was White Zombie, Prong, and Warzone during right. the week. Like we did it, and then. You know, I mean, like we did, we were able, bands were able to play different shows together. Like, you know, we did, uh, like with like Straight Ahead. I mentioned that I'm like, we played with them. I mean, it was like there was like even, you know, like uh, more, you know, posy core bands we played sure, with, sure. etc. You know, like it wasn't necessarily all like uh, you know the crossover bands. So shout out to Craig Satari, sick of it all, Craig Ahead. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. I, I forgot about him. that. Duh. Love him. Love him. He's been on here like four different times in different capacities. He's a you wild know, man, dude. Craig, Craig likes to talk about himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. So awesome, dude. Um, Thank like, you. Like I said, follow Prong the Band on Instagram. Um, follow me on Instagram at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. Um, Tommy, thank you so much for your time, my man. Thanks, Jimmy. I really this appreciate it. This was fucking it, cool, man. Just it was like good. Good work. Gonna, I'm not going to ask you, so what was it like? I'm not Barbara <laughs> Walters. I'm just going to shoot the shit. Wherever we go, we go. But, you do well, man. You're very good at this. Dude, this was awesome. I appreciate your time. And we're going to close out the audio version of this. If you're listening in your car, don't crash uh, off of No Absolutes, Ultimate Authority by the Mighty Fucking Prong. My Thank man. you, man. All right, Thank brother. You. Keep in touch. I definitely will. I'll hit you up in a minute, man. All right, buddy. All right, thanks, man. Thank you. Hi. Later. The of the wheel of light. Of the will of the right.